if you look at our person, personnel in terms of defenders, fuck. Um, sorry, you got you got um you got someone that. Was <laughs> what kind of what kind of rage is that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Oski, he's fun. He saw that. He saw. He saw, he saw me. Skinny nigga, you know, seen some work that they talking like say that machine don't work. Like we never bang it in the traffic in the Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Canon, episode 132. I'm your host today. My name's Ade. I'm here with Gids. Yo. Steve. Good afternoon. And we've got another special build, special building, special guest in the building today. Manchester United's very own Jay Hart. Like Manchester Jay. United's very own. Does he play for them or? <laughs> Listen, man, love you, please. <laughs> please. But yeah, we've got Jay Hump in the building, people. How you doing, Jordan? I'm good, man. Got the call. I'm here. It's been a minute, man. It's been a while. When was the last time you came on? Fuck knows, man. Oh, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not PG yeah. anymore. We're 18 plus now. <laughs> <laughs> 18 plus now. All right, guys, man. Obviously, there's been a lot of football that's been played since the last time we recorded. During that time, it's finally happened. 30 years and Liverpool have been crowned the Premier League champions again. Well, for the first time, we should say. Um, Jordan, you're not, you don't look very happy. You don't look Bro, I forgot. <laughs> I actually yeah, forgot. Man. Like, when I thought about topics, I forgot they'd won the league. I, yeah. I don't know. I think it's because yeah. so much is going on. Like, there's just always football on. But yeah, that, that did happen. Chelsea faced Man City. They ended up beating them 2-1, which confirmed Liverpool... Liverpool are the champions and um, how, how do we feel? We all knew it was going to happen so I, I can't really say it's a shock or anything like that but now that's actually happened it's official who's, who's got thoughts on that? Now, what are your thoughts? My thoughts? Yeah, your thoughts because I know I know the thoughts of these guys they're not too happy about it but I think you you've always been a closet Liverpool fan since I've known you you've come out and said yeah I, I used to love uh Liverpool because of Michael Owen and Steven Gerrard and your childhood oh, no, friend. That was, that you was, Michael Owen was thinking that was iffy, man. Is it? But oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Because of yeah. my boy. And Sturridge as well. You know, you like Liverpool. And Brendan Rodgers, obviously. We can't forget. That's so, true. Let us know how you feel. I think... I my My take is always... I can't feel any kind of way. Like, I'm happy for them because they were the best team in the league like they smashed this league they deserve to win it so for that reason I don't really feel I don't know it's what it is isn't it like I'm, I'm happy for them like they've been on such a good run obviously last season they fell short by like a, was it a point? yeah one point 97 points they fell short by one point um, you know they, they deserve it they deserve it really and truly like no one can really say anything so is what it is really is what it is. They deserve it, man. Jordan, you, you don't look too pleased, man. Why? Why aren't you pleased? Tell me. I'm just sad, man. I'm just sad. Uh, Why? I hoped it would never happen. And it, 
I like the circumstances in which it has happened makes things a little bit easier, I think. Like, if they'd won it last year on the last day, mm-hmm. like, they would have gone nuts and it, that would have been hard to take. The fact that it's been prolonged, it's it's not took away from what they've done, but I think in terms of the excitement and everything, when you wait so long for something, it, it just depends. But it's just... I, it, it's just the whole club in general and just just everything I don't like about them, man. Why, why, why? What what don't you like about Liverpool? Like, what is it about them? You, you say the it's club. It's arrogance, man. It's, the, <laughs> it's not just the arrogance, but it's the fans and people from Liverpool that I know or Liverpool fans that I know, they've just, I think because of the success they used to have, they've always had that sort of chip on the shoulder. Mm. And just, they've been so desperate for so many years and some of the things they come out with or the thinking or, or the beliefs in terms of how good they think they are or have been, it just, it just winds me up. It just so it's, more so, it's more so their fan base than like, rather than they're on, on the pitch. Yeah, but then even some of the players, man, some of the things like you hear like Robertson coming out with or that stupid smile Klopp has of his teeth where he just, <laughs> he's just got this arrogance about him and they've all got it and they just think that they're, they're, they're the absolute shit and it just... It gets to oh, me. But they, they are, though. They actually are. Like, they are. They're that good. Like, they're as good as they think they are. You have to respect it. Yeah, they probably they probably are, aren't they? But kids, man, how do you have feel? to like it? How do you feel, brother? Um, <clears throat> I I don't like the fact they've won the league at all. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't want them to win it, but I accepted it long before the coronavirus outbreak happened. So mm-hmm. it was always inevitable. As soon as football was announced that was coming back, I knew that that's it and they, they're going to claim their first title. But for me, when they won the Champions League, that hurt me more than them winning the league because it was just, I just like the fact that they never had any success. I know it doesn't really make sense, but the fact that they didn't have any trophies to talk about, Klopp was there playing nice football, rock and roll football and they had nothing to show for it. I thought this is brilliant because I, I'm going to have an agenda on this team and this club for a very long time. But as soon as they won the Champions League, I knew after that it's just a matter of it's a matter of time because you can't go one point off City from winning it and then win the Champions League and you're never going to win the title. Mm-hmm. Especially if you look at the average age of their squad as well, the front three that they had, they were one of the best teams in Europe. It was inevitable, but they were soon going to become one of the best teams in England. Mm. But I never foresaw them smashing the league how they did. I thought they would have a chance at winning it because I, I know Klopp's always had a good record against Pep, so I knew the season after it was going to be like a really tight league, but he's he's absolutely shown him up. Like, 22 points, is it? <laughs> it's that, nuts. That's, it's nuts. Was I don't it? even know what it is. It's, I'll check now. It's, 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 it's unbelievable, and it's not acceptable from Pep. It's not acceptable, because if roles were reversed and Pep had stormed Klopp, 23, there would be agendas. Which is there what be he did to, to Man United, and obviously we all... We all yeah, and that's... And, Mourinho in a certain kind of way, so that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. So it's not acceptable from Pep. Although he's had massive success with City already, you can't be losing a title by 22 points. 23. 20, 23 points. Come yeah. on, bro. That should be the difference between first and fifth. In, in, a, in a normal competitive league, 23 points should be the first. Like There should be four teams ahead. How are you losing? How are Liverpool treating this league like League One or something? I don't even know if PSG won it by that much. It's, it's just not acceptable. It could be more by the end of the season. It's not even done yet. It, will, it probably will be because I don't I don't anticipate City winning. Like I anticipate Liverpool winning much more games. Like I don't, who, who have they got left? They've got us. They'll probably beat us. They've got City. They might drop points. But after that, 
the rest of Liverpool's fixtures are favourable. Liverpool can finish if they win all their games. Obviously, it's a, it's a very hard task. They can finish on one hundred and seven. One hundred and seven. That is incredible. That's the terrifying thing. Like it's one thing for them to win it, which is hard enough, but the manner in which they've done it, the records they can break this season, it, that's what's the scariest part. I think they're going to go through then you they have to go through. You can't it. chat to them. You can't chat to them if they do that. You, you can't say anything, can you? They're not in the FA Cup. They're not in the Champions League. Oh, but my, my, this is this is the thing. This is this is my issue. If if I was a Liverpool fan, like this season is so sick. Why did they do what they did in terms of rest players in the FA Cup? Because we always talk about teams that like Man United winning the treble, Arsenal's mm. double winning team in 2002. Mm. You talk about Chelsea's double winning team in 2010 when Drogba lost mm. it. Like there's always this connotation of like winning more than one trophy if with you look successful at, teams. If you look and I just at it, like, sorry to If you look at their era, obviously they went Champions League final, they didn't <laughs> win it. They won a Champions League. They won what the Club World Cup, all that kind of stuff, uh, Super Cup, whatever it was. Yeah. They've now won this. The Premier yeah. League, I, that yeah. was the big one. I was evading them. Mm-hmm. I feel like the next step naturally will be to try to retain that and then get like another trophy. Or, but that's the thing. I'm that's what I'm trying to say. Like, they could have done all of that in this season, and then for me, that would have categorically made them the greatest English team of all time. For me, if they had won, if they it would have, it would have, it would have, bro, to smash the league by over 100 points and to have won the, the FA Cup as well. I, I would have thought, I would. I don't think you could really debate it in, in the manner that they've done it and to gap the other team by 22 points or whatever. How can you really, how can we come, how do you argue against that? If they, what's it called? If they do the points total, then they are the best Premier League side we've ever seen. Like that's, that but is, then there's still a debate there because no, it's only the, there's only the Premier League. Like you can look at the trouble, like Man United fans would argue it, even though they got 79 points when they won the league. They won the Champions League and the FA Cup with it. So they were... No, no, no. Premier, Premier League. Premier League. Yeah, side. like as a Premier League season. As a Premier League Yeah, of course. You can't argue yeah. that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got but the they, most points. They've also got the advantage at the same time of not going far in the FA Cup and not going far in the Champions League. So it's all right saying Premier League points and everything. But if they were playing other competitions at the same time, yeah, as like United had to. So it does come into it in that sense. Yeah. But United yeah. weren't touching 100 points though. So they don't no. even... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Steve, how, how are you feeling about all of this? No, like, I don't know why. I was talking to you the other day about it. Like, I do not know why I don't like Liverpool fans. Like, I don't even care about Tottenham that much. I know they're meant to be our biggest rivals. I don't hate Tottenham. I don't hate Chelsea. Oh, you do. Trust me, you do, bro. That's what, Tottenham? If Tottenham were to do what Liverpool are doing, you would that that thing inside you would burn. It's just that it's not. It's, there's nothing to ignite it right now. Bro, so like when, when they were chasing Leicester for the title like four or five years ago, I, I did. I liked Ali Kane, Eriksson. Like I didn't have a problem with that at all. Honestly, I did not mind that. I honestly oh, think it comes down to fans, man. Because yeah. I don't have any personal issues with Tottenham fans. Like it, if you know people that are Tottenham fans and they get under your skin, I think that's where it comes into it. That's yeah. where. But then again, I don't know too many Liverpool fans, but it's basically sort of social media. Like Jordan was saying before, like the entitlement, there's a proper entitlement with Liverpool fans that I just never understood. That's, that's Man United fans. That's, that's what I don't like yeah, about Man well, United. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But you've not won anything in your lifetime. Let's, let's bear in mind, they're all our age. Like you've not done anything. Like why do you... No, Champions talk- League though. All right, champ- one Champions League in our lifetime. One Champions League. No, one. two. Come on. 
was one fam. No, before before this one. Oh, before yeah, oh, yeah, I was, yeah. Before this one, I'm thinking like, come on, like you've won okay. one Champions League and everything. But where's the entitlement? I remember when we were tri- we were both going for Alexis. There were, um, I remember some guy on Twitter was yeah, uh, going yeah, back and forth. It's yeah, like, why would he go Arsenal? We're, we're Liverpool. I was, huh? Yeah, and he yeah. came to us, and I said, yeah, like. It's yeah. Arsenal. Like, this isn't yeah. 1987 yeah. anymore. So I actually remember that as well, actually. Yeah. And I was so confident we were landing Alexis because I didn't yeah. think Liverpool I just thought, why would he go oh, and yeah. play for Brendan London? Like, no, no, it's, it's, it's Arsenal. It's London, man. But um, in terms of their team, I love their team, man. Their centre-backs, their full-backs, their front three. I don't love the midfield, but I like the DM. Do you know what? I, I actually six. like their midfield. I love how it? hard-working they are. Yeah, like it, they make it work. They shouldn't on paper... But it's so it's such a functional midfield, and it mm. shouldn't be. Mm. So I proper respect that about them. Yeah, but I've got uh, a question. Yeah, Jordan Henderson. No, no, forget that guy, man. Are are Liverpool the most successful English team? They've got the most trophies now, isn't it? They've got the most trophies. Number one, they've got double the amount of Champions Leagues Man United do, and they're only one league behind them. In terms of league titles, so yeah, yeah. the yeah. question, the question, the question has to be asked because yeah, everyone yeah, was are. always. I didn't know that. Always... Wait, successful or biggest? He said successful. Biggest. I'm saying biggest. I'm saying biggest. I, think, I think I think United are the biggest club. They're not bigger than Man United, right. but, but they're well on their way to becoming the biggest club. I don't think so. If they if they can do this, if they yeah. can that do this for a sustained period of time. They can be because that's you... a long period though. Like because I, I feel like biggest club comes from fan base, and I feel like it has to it, to get your fan base to the level that I think Man United is on. Mm. I think it'd take a long time to do that. Yeah, but it's Liverpool. This ain't Man City. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool have historic. Yeah. Like historically, they've got fans. They just kind of we didn't hear about them for a long time. Do you know what I'm saying? All over the world, they've had fans because they've they had that success in the 80s. And in the 70s, it's not like they didn't. So people support Liverpool, it's just that they didn't have anything to talk about. Like City, however, they don't have that international fan base like a Liverpool does. And like with Liverpool doing things like um, their kit deal is going to be like the third most lucrative kit deal in history or something like that after Barcelona and I think Real Madrid. Like they're going in the right direction. They've obviously signed the deal with Nike. They, they can. I'm not saying they, they're going to, but if they can do this for the next, what, five to ten years, and it doesn't look like they're slowing down. Like it said, they've got good owners. They've made good decisions. They've got a young core. But, but I feel like football just seems to work in cycles. We always see, like, in the next five years, we could be talking, like, this about, about, about United, sorry. United could change everything, and then we could just be talking about United in this state of mind. Or with Ole. Oh, no, it might not be Oli, it might it could be someone else, but you know, these young players could turn into something special. They could, you know, and United, everyone, like if you listen to all these pundits or people in the media, they always refer to United as the biggest club in the world. Oh, United, the biggest club in the world. Currently, but do you not, do you not feel like it's because it's because most of the people that we're seeing on TV through their generation, Man United were winning league after league after league? No, it's, it's not even that, it's the commercial side of things. Like when you look at things commercially, they're always yeah, up there yeah. around Madrid. Com- so. I think com- commercially, I don't think it's the debate personally. Yeah. If, you, if you look at the commercial side of it, Liverpool have actually since FSG took over, they've almost like doubled in yeah, every kind I of like, the, yeah. The, the, saw, the Tifa, 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 yeah, the, Tifa, yeah, the Tifa, yeah, yeah, the Tifa, yeah, like they, yeah. they're actually they're going. It's an upward tra- trajectory. Wow, 
Yeah. So like, if they can continue in this vein, bro, who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. But forgetting all the intangibles, yeah. just looking at it as as it is. Liverpool have like so. I don't know how to phrase my question. So is it only at when you become commercially? Is it the commercial side that really pushes you as the bigger club? It's a factor, hundred percent. I think it's a factor, but yeah. do you I think it's much. like the the biggest piece? Because I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to think like what was, what was the thing. The one way to look at it is if you look back to when Arsenal were winning leagues. <clears throat> did you guys win? Was it three or four or whatever within four, that four Premier Leagues? Yeah, and within no, quite short period, within quite that short Seven period. No, do you it's think just three? Yeah, just three. Even with three, yeah, that you won three in a short period. Do you think you ever overtook Liverpool because you had all the success on the pitch? But do you think you were ever deemed a bigger club? Did I think we were the bigger club? Yeah. No, I don't think so. So that just kind of shows you that. I didn't. I didn't ever think we were the bigger club. Even Mm. if we had the Champions League, I'm not sure I could actually say we were bigger than Liverpool, man. Mm. So that's where it's the off the pitch stuff as well, I guess. But I don't know, just, man. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. Like Liverpool were were very mediocre for a long time. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But that's that's because of how we were looking at them in our t- um, generation, in our time period. If you actually look at it overall, bro, Li- Liverpool were winning leagues in the like you just yeah, said in the seventies yeah, and eighties. Yeah, like yeah. we can't disregard that because when it's like, Arca- it's like City now, basically, precisely, it's like City now, precisely. and we can't disregard what City are doing right now, yeah, even though when you look also- back. Can't disregard 30 years without one. That's mad. That's a long yeah, time. But the thing is, they, they won a couple of Champions Leagues and they won some trophies in that time as well. Yeah, but they the didn't league, win, you know they didn't win that many trophies. Your yeah, domestic league though, isn't it? Your bread and butter is the league. 30 That's years true. for a big club is kind of crazy. But we're heading there, so... We're like, it's my... Like, we're we're if halfway United, there, you know? Yeah, we're halfway. <laughs> if United go 30 years... Would they still be deemed as big a club? Like, surely not. 100%. 100%. In 30 years. That's a long league. time, man. That's a long time. Surely Gid, not. Gid, imagine if they're doing this, what United are doing now for the next 20 years. I can't lie. I've seen some disgraces in the seven years where they haven't won the league. And I've never ever budgeted. Like, it's never, I've never felt like, are they, the big, are they still a big Yeah, but club? like. I've always felt like they will be. Like, 30 years is mad. But I feel like Arsenal are dropping and it's been, did you say 15 years? Like, I feel like that's detri- been detrimental to their uh, status. So, Bro, you can state- only do so years of mediocrity before you start to no, fall. The thing with Arsenal is, our, our drop-off is not just not winning the league. It's the disgraces that are happening in the league that causes us to look like a joke. We get... Yeah, you're enjoying this. I'm not, we're not doing this. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the smile in his face. And said, we're not doing this, okay? You know full well why Arsenal look like how they look like, so we're not going to do that. But yeah, like Liverpool. Before we move on, there's a bit of talk that Henderson's going to be the favourite for the PFA Player of the Year. I think he's going to get it just because of the hype around it and the media. I think it's an absolute disgrace, personally, if he does get it, but I wanted to know what you guys think. I feel like KDB... He, all right, KDB, I don't think he can win it because of the fact that Liverpool have dominated the league. I think it should be a Liverpool player. Mane has to win this. It has to be Mane, or you could say Salah, for me. I said Mane, personally. 
I think it's one. Even Van Dyke's got more of a shout than Henderson, yeah. or Trent's yeah. got more of a shout than Henderson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I, I know why Henderson's in a running because he had a he had a, a bit of form where he scored a few goals, like around about Christmas to January. And I know that, that's when the talk the talk started coming. We started seeing the articles, and I thought, oh my gosh. But I don't think he's outperformed any like too many people in his team. I don't think the PFA. Go on, go on, I was going to say, one thing I will say about Henderson is I remember our first ever podcast that we did and um, we released it. I can't remember when we released it, but the, the talk came up, Henderson or Jack Wilshere. <laughs> and the way we just... <laughs> the way we shut down Jordan Henderson that day, yeah. Fast forward three years to say that Henderson has captained Liverpool to a Champions League, a Premier League, a, a club world championship, a European Super Cup, and this is just the beginning. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to say. So, Jordan Henderson, for all the stick I gave him, I I respect what he's done with his career. I respect what he's done, honestly, because he, it's it's a madness. It's a madness. Listen, if That's if, if, if 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 Jack, big Jack, yeah, if we didn't get them injuries, we'd be having a different conversation. Okay. He'd have the armband. have the armband. Even at West Ham, though, he's bro, not he, even. He, he <laughs> can't, bro. He can't stay fit. He can't stay fit. He's, well, when he's was finished. the last time you saw Jack Wilshere play well? Like seriously, when we're was the last time you saw Jack Wilshere? We're, we're, we're not doing this. We're not. Do- Let's move on, please. <laughs> I, I don't want to start shouting, but he can't stay with fit. All that, with all that being said, though, Henderson shouldn't be winning PFA. But Giz, you're going to say something about the PFA? No, I'm just saying like so. It's the PFA based on who has been the best player in the league. It should Because be. if it is... It's, it's based yeah. on your, your peers, isn't it? Your peers, right? I swear mm. it's like, it's, it's uh, the media, your peers. I swear it's like... That's, a, that's the Ballon d'Or. The, the football's writers, oh, the journalists, and then the the, um, the PFA is your peers. Oh, yeah. And they think, it should be, but it's not. Yeah. You can't tell me Jordan Henderson's been the best player in the Premier League. So if he wins it, it's purely because of his leadership and because of how far he has come as a player. Because it's not based... Like, if you just took the season in isolation and you showed someone that, like, their first time of watching football, no one's going to think anything special of Jordan Henderson because he's done his job. And that's pretty much what he has been doing. He's chipped in with a few goals and assists, which has been brilliant. But let's keep it 100. Like, it's not been a mad thing. It's not been PFA worthy. No way. So for him to win it, it must be based on his leadership and how far he has come as a footballer and the things he's won with Liverpool. And if that's the case, then fair enough. In if that's how they want to judge it, then cool. But one thing I will give Henderson credit for was there was a there was a point in time in the season where he wasn't even in the team. Like I think I don't know if it was Cater, but there was a point where it was Fabinho, Ronaldo, and someone else in the midfield, and he wouldn't actually start. Or if he did start, he'd get dragged off, and you just used to see him sprinting off. I can't remember what game it that was. That was last season. Oh, was it last season? Yeah, it was last season. Did he get injured this season for a little bit? Um, that three-month I, break is me. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm not even going to last year. I can't remember. Yeah, I thought it was this season. I know, though, I know Fabinho yeah. got injured and he played as like the six and he did really well. Yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That was, that's, that's what I'm referring to. So there was a point where he wasn't... I think when Fabinho was playing... He wasn't yeah, in the team. Yeah, I can't remember. Team, yeah. I can't remember who the three was, but I know it was Ronaldo and Fabinho. I can't remember who was if it was Cato or Chamberlain. I don't know. But 
He went in the team and Fabinho got injured and then he came back into the team and he never his place he got his place back and like to, the, the way he got his place back in the team and was influential in them to win the title I have to give him credit for because at a point I thought he was career was coming to an end with Liverpool as in I thought he was become, becoming a bit part player like you know one of them captains don't, they don't play every game but they're good in the dressing room so they're going to stay as captain but they don't really play every single game if, I thought that was, that was what was happening with Henderson but if we keep it real Van Dijk should be captain Van Dijk should be captain it's, on, on, what basis, on, on what basis though? On what basis? Yeah. He, he just looks like a captain. Like you see Van Dyke nah. leading out Liverpool, you're like, um, come on, look at him. No, no, no. I get he's, what he's, this means, but I, I, I get it. But as soon as Van Dyke stepped in the building, they should have stripped Henderson of it and given it to Van Dyke. Listen, it's worked out. Henderson as captain's yeah, worked out, true. so I don't know about that. I don't yeah. know about that. But um, right, lads, let's um, let's take it off Liverpool. But before we do, um, the mark of great teams historically is a team that can retain their title we've seen Man City do it we saw the Manchester United side do it we saw Chelsea do it they're only three teams that's mad you know yeah I think yeah I think so so can Liverpool do that of course let's think about it so I was saying to Steve the other day I don't see them I remember um, Gids, maybe if I said it at the start of this season, you guys said that you don't see them doing the 90 points again. You don't think they're going to, they're not going to be capable of doing that. And I was like, they can. Now, of course they can. But I feel like another season, like three seasons in a row of that level of consistency, I'm not saying they're not going to win the title, but I don't know if they're going to get that 90 to 100 points again, because it's just unheard of. And there's reports saying they're not really going to spend too much this summer. So with the same core of players, they can do it. Of course, they can, they can do it again. But, mate, do you know, do you know what? going to be a factor. I remember, I remember last season saying I don't think they're going to do it. It's precisely on that point. The fact that they didn't strengthen. They bought that Minimano, I think that's how you say his name. And that was it. They didn't buy anyone. They kept the same players. And I said to myself, no, they're not, they're not going to be 90 plus point um, team. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna do hundred this season, so you actually can't call it. You can't call it because yeah, even though they're not really gonna strengthen, their team doesn't need much strengthening unless they get key injuries. If they if they all keep fit like they have this season, but that's the thing. Like it's 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 almost. I, I don't mean to, I don't want to curse them or anything like that, but it's almost inevitable that this this like run of luck cannot continue. Do you know what I mean? Like something. I think they have good players that condition themselves well. Mm. Honestly, because the, the way that they don't get injuries, especially with their front three, like they don't get long-term injuries at all. Mm. Obviously, they lost their keeper for a bit. Alisson was doing a ma- I mean, what's his name? Adrian. He was doing a... Ma- he cost them the Champions League. He cost them a place in the Champions League quarters because this goalkeeper was shocking. But other than that, they didn't really, they didn't really feel that that much. Alisson came back in and picked up where they never left. Other than that, they've not really had any other injuries. Fabinho dropped up, but then Henderson stepped in and performed really well, kept his place in the team. They were the only long-term injuries really that they had. So, I don't know. Yeah, it all depends on, I think health is the biggest thing. If they can keep their front three fit and their core of the midfield and Van Dijk fit and Trent mm. and Rob, oh, it's bad. <laughs> they, 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 there's a lot of players that they need to keep fit. There's a lot, but, there's a lot. but they've been doing it though. They've been doing it. So, maybe it's credit to them. Credit to how they because when one of the front three is missing, they don't look the, like they don't the same look, team. Yeah. Uh, we've seen evidence of that, so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see, man. I don't want to wish bad luck on them, obviously. No one wants to see anyone. Uh, watch, I, feel like, I feel like next season, City are going to come back like hungry. And I think we've said it like say two years now where they've not really had any in, like serious injuries to them few players I don't see how they get away with another year because saying, yeah. and I, their squad is, depth isn't the level of City and it doesn't sound like they're going to strengthen they obviously wasn't in for Timo Werner who is apparently someone they were looking at and whether they ain't got the money I don't know but yeah apparently think, the fans weren't right yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I can't see how they can do it again because they have to, they have to pick up injuries at some point. They can't keep getting this look of just season after season not getting key players out. I don't see it anyway. I agree. Gitch, you want to uh, round us up? You're going to say something? No, all I was just going to say is that like every season, we City have actually had to deal with key injuries. You know, mm. like it's it's but, something that they always suffer and. Even to like last season when they lost KDB for majority of the season, for them to hit ninety eight points without it KDB, just show, it just shows you that's the important with the squad depth this season. Yeah. They lost Laporte and they really struggled because they didn't have another centre half losing company like they did. They didn't have a centre half to come in. Whereas before, when they've lost Aguero, or they lost KDB last season, or they lose Sane. All their other positions are so stacked. stacked it wasn't yeah. an issue. Whereas. Like I say, if 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 Liverpool were to lose Van Dijk, like City lost the port, they've not got a player to come in and and keep that same level going. So yeah. It, yeah. The, the squad depth just I don't see how they can keep getting. It's all about over. luck. It's a luck game as well, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a luck game as well. Yeah, because you look at their other options. Like if they lose Salah, it's a Shakiri thing, and no no disrespect to Shakiri, he's not the, the level. Where is he? We've not seen him in months. Like doesn't know. even play. Yeah. yeah that's another thing that might help Liverpool this season not going as far in these other competitions that having to pl- not play as many games if they was doing obviously there's more risk so that might have helped them in that sense Hey lads we've um, we've got a late guest making an appearance if it's that you mate yeah it is still how you, how you doing mate you're out yeah not too, yeah, not too bad not too you look so happy you do you do unfortunately Got, got a bit of background noise there, mate. Listen, man, leave. Come back when you're in a house. Why are you in a car? Wait, who, is that Jordan talking to you? Yeah, Jordan's here, man. We've got Jordan in the building. Don't tell me what to do, man. <laughs> all right, lads. All right, let's not do, let's not derail. Let's, let's, not derail let's get into it. Should we get into it, Wums? What are we getting into? Talk let's to get into the issue everybody has with Jordan. Let's get into <laughs> it. <laughs> I thought this was going to be football related. No, it's football related because it stems from football. So let's get down to it. Should we get down to that Arsenal? Let's basically? do it. Let's do it. You do it. You do it. You do it. So Jordan is somebody that I have a lot of respect for, you know, um, big United fan, but he was never one of those arrogant United fans, you know, the ones that would just jab at the fact that, you know, Arsenal aren't great, you know, Banner Arsenal and all this Arsenal fan TV and uh, 8-2 and all that stuff. He was never one of those guys. But recently, since football started off again, he's piped up. He's been cracking on with the jokes. Will Arsenal, will Hector Bellerin get to plant his trees? Will Arsenal get a win this season? And quite frankly, yeah, quite frankly, he's been very disrespectful. We already know about a couple of other members that have come on this podcast that are very disrespectful United fans, very arrogant, don't respect Arsenal, fair enough. But you, I've been disappointed with your behaviour. I've not understood it. And quite frankly, you've, you've irritated a few of 
the pod members here. So I'd like to get into it. What? Why do you find this funny? Arsenal are a big club. You know how much they mean to me. You know how much they mean to Ade, Gibbs and Ife. Why do you find it funny to... to, to listen, listen, yeah. If it was the other way around, you guys would be the exact same. That's not true. That's man. not true, bro. It is true, man. You get enjoyment when United have pain. It's just the it's just the same thing. We felt and sorry it, for you though. Yeah, bro. I mean, I I feel sorry for you guys sometimes, but some of it is funny. Some of it is funny. It's that, man. Lo- it's that laughter that's gonna get me mad. I mean, I'm gonna get heated. Uh, do you, do you the, Brighton, what? The, the Brighton game. That's funny, isn't it? Like how after all, after all the after, after the way Gwendozi acted at the end and stuff, and just the way your fans are celebrating when you go one nil up against Brighton, they get so excited, and then it, it is funny, man. And I don't I understand this thing with I don't understand this thing with fans getting excited when we go one up against Brighton because every fan, every club does it with their fans. Oh, it's just no, that ours is televised. No, 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 no trust me. No, no, yes. Steve. No, no, no. No, no. Wait, oh, yes, yes, yes. Can I just it's say AFTV? It's AFTV. Did you do you see how they react when we score goals? I see. I see that. Bro, it's an you absolute disgrace. You can't tell me other fans don't do that in the in their comfort of their own home, but we just don't. Go, see. Especially with a nice goal. It's, bro, it's a good goal. Bro, as well. No, I'm sorry. It's televised. You know exactly. Like they scored. We scored against Southampton the other day. You should have seen what they were doing. They were doing the most. No, but but, but Steve, what you have to understand is, not. Do you know what? Thank you. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even think it's. Fully that. Don't get me wrong. They're definitely eat. trying they're to eat. Hundred yeah, percent. But I think it's it's natural sometimes to feel excited when you see your team scores. That's yes. just it. Like I can't sit here and say I didn't celebrate when Pepe scored. Like if you saw, if yeah, someone had a camera on me, it might have looked, I might have looked like an idiot as well. It's just like they no, have a camera. You got, on you got guys like tired put, doing a knee in the camera. Yeah, he needs what to is, stop that. What man. are you he doing? Needs to stop that. I can't lie be- to you. And it becomes a video. And if we lose, the yeah, game, but it's uh, very much. It's just a bit. Of, it's just a bit of bands, though. Come on. No, but this is like, this is what we get. This gets used as ammunition on the TL. We it's, get it's it's lighthearted banter. You know, the problem is though, you say it's bands, but that some of them guys get excited. Like if you guys have a win or two, and then you watch some of the fan cams, or they, they'll do little pieces in the week, they actually start to. Do you know what the difference is? But, us, but that's what us, every fan does. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's what, what I was going to say. Funny. That's why it's funny. Like, <laughs> but also, it's not only that. It's not only that. Like, if Chelsea fans do it or City, other like, it's not as funny because you know they do all right. But you guys always seem to go and drop off afterwards, which makes it funnier. Okay, all right. I can't so last what, time you put a, like a good run of wins together and, and had a good season, particularly. Do you know what I mean? On that point, on that point of run of wins, you know, we had two games this week two away games. Um, it's kind of rare for Arsenal to get away victories. We managed to get two this week. We got the 2-0 uh, against Southampton and then we got the 2-1 against, who was it? Sheffield United in the FA Cup to take us to the semi-finals. So, let's talk on those games. Um, how did we, how did we assess it? How did we assess it? Uh, shall, I, shall I kick us off? Yeah. yeah, okay. So for me personally, I don't think we played well against Southampton, but I'm very happy we got the three points. I think at this stage in um in our in our club, sorry, at this stage, it's just about the three points for me. So I don't think we played necessarily well. We reverted to a five at the back. Um we had Saka on the left, we had Bellerin on the right, we had Tierney, who else was it? Mustafi and Holding, right? 
And yeah. Who, who was the two in the middle? It was um, Xhaka. Xhaka and... Ceballos. And then up yeah. front, we had Saka, Laka. Was Saka... Are you talking about Sheffield? Are you, are you talking about Sheffield or Southampton? This is, this is Southampton first. Southampton. Oh, we had Oba and Ketia and Pepe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cool. So in that game, I thought we did all right in the first half. I don't like how much pressure we invited on ourselves in the in the second. I wouldn't say I was comfortable with it. I thought Southampton could have got a goal. They had a few chances, Um, but you know, obviously Arteta brought in a three at the back. It seems like he wanted to shore us up defensively, and. yeah, we got three points. We got three points in that game, so I was happy with that. Bellerin and our right-hand side in that game. If I know you had thoughts on that, do you want to kind of let us off or let yeah. it off? Yeah, I, no, I've, I've, it's, it's something that I've, I've noticed with <clears throat> Pepe, part of the reason why he struggled this season. And it's, I think it was, it's been a bit more evident when um, since Bellerin has come in. I feel like that right-hand side, especially with Bellerin, we can't attack. We can't attack down it. I think I remember seeing a stat like um, Tierney passed to Saka, like something like or like I think Tierney and Saka passed to Bamian something like twenty four times or something like that. But um, Ceballos and Bellerin passed to Pepe like it was like twice or three times the whole game, and that's that's not that's not acceptable. And if you want like you can't you can't be over reliant on on one side, especially when. When you look at that one, when you when you look at what side would you wanna do you like you you like you want a more balance because you've got a bit of both because on the left you've got players like Saka and Aubameyang who like to run onto things who like to run in behind and get on get on balls and then you should be able to say okay if that's not working we've got it on the right where we can give it to someone like Pepe who can who can get the ball beat a man and like create something called like player pass so I feel like that's something that Arteta needs to. He needs he needs to address. And to be fair, I think it's more of a bellerin thing if we're being honest, because obviously in the in the Sheffield United game, we were attacking a lot more on the right. And we were we were we just like as a team, attacking wise, we seemed a lot more fluid and a bit and a lot more versatile. Right, before um before we take it on to Steve's thoughts, because I know he has some thoughts on that too. Giz, you had a different opinion on the Southampton game. You didn't think it was that bad. Do you wanna Yeah, so I think when I look at it in the grand scheme of things of how I think when I'm when I'm always looking at Arsenal sometimes I'm looking at it is I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at the game in isolation. So I know the run of form we've been on and I know how defensively bad we've been. So when I'm looking at it and I see Danny Ings who's been on fire, I'm seeing their Obafemi guy that's physical, I knew it was in for a real battle that game. And even Steve said it. He doesn't know how we're gonna fare, how Holden and Mustafa are gonna fare against Obafemi and Ings, and I, I second that. I was like, yeah, I think, I think we're in trouble. And then I looked at the first half. First half for me was near enough perfect. I liked the way we played. We were on the front foot. We were trying to, trying to take the initiative. We got the goal, and we were trying to get more in the first half. Second half was kind of a drop off, but I think it was more of a drop off because Southampton knew the team that they were playing. They were playing a team in Arsenal that lacks confidence, that are shake at the back, and they have two informed strikers that could put pressure on us. So I think the onus on us was to be able to soak up that pressure because Southampton had nothing to lose when they were one they were down. They were going to apply the pressure on us. And I feel like the way we dealt with their pressure 
was very good. It was in it was in a controlled manner. I didn't feel like we were just under the cosh where we were just taking shots after shots, and it was just a matter of time where we were going to concede. I thought that we kept the ball kind of kind of well, and when they had chances, our keeper. It was only one or two really chances that they had, and I keep had done the job. So he done well, yeah. He done well. I didn't, game. yeah. I didn't really feel threatened. I've got to be honest. Like it didn't feel like we were under massive amounts of pressure. I felt like we controlled it in a very in a in a good way, in a way where Southampton didn't really have many answers or any other ways of playing to try and hurt us. So mm. in that respect, I felt like it was just a job well done. Like Danny Ying's one of the hottest strikers right now in the Prem. Didn't really have a sniff, so I was happy. I just thought, yeah, cool. But that's a that's a comparison to what I saw on Sunday against Sheffield United, where I thought the second half was an absolute disgrace. And I think it was it was more so that because when David Luiz, a guy that we actually slammed over a lot, but when he came off the pitch, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I thought the defense went mad. Like Holden came on and he didn't look like the Holden that we that played against Southampton. He looked like a guy that hadn't played in months. And we just looked shaky and we were just inviting pressure and they just kept putting balls in the box. We kept dealing with it. They kept putting corners in. And I was like, yeah, we're not even controlling them. They're knocking on the door. And before you know it, the hinges are going to come off. And it did. So that that's the difference. I felt like with Southampton game, it wasn't a matter of they had a lot of chances and we're trying to soak up the pressure. But when they were having the chances, it wasn't amounting to anything. And we weren't giving them too many chances to score goals. So mm. that's, that's, that's basically how I felt. And also we're a team with... We're not on, we don't have a lot of confidence at the moment. Southampton away has never been a, a ground where we've got a lot of joy before. We've lost 4 0 there before. So I didn't expect a defensive performance that with what I saw. So, yeah, in that respect, I was, I was kind of happy. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we've got to bear in mind that that was our third away win in the league this season. So, I mean, it says a lot, really. Um, I saw, like, I agree, but I spoke to women's after the game and we're both basically saying like that was pants, that performance was awful. I don't think we had a sequence of possession until like the 65th minute, which was what, nice. Southampton game. Yeah, Southampton game. We didn't actually string the ball, string passes together until yeah. like the 60th minute. Okay. 65th minute. And I just, it felt like for the whole half, we just allowed Southampton to have the ball. But I've sort of deluded myself into thinking that we've got to have possession, that we're best off having possession when we're just not good enough to do so. We're not good enough to to allow Xhaka to have the ball, like pass it across to the fullback, pass it back inside and try and pick over the defense. We're just not that team. Yeah. So. I think it's what we're, we're, we're normally used to that. What, yeah, exactly. was, oh, that's what, we, what we're used to. We're used to controlling the ball, controlling possession, just letting the game fizzle out. But teams like Southampton now don't fear Arsenal. So we also have to understand that like, once we're 1-0 up, we have to accept that they're going to come onto us and naturally we're going to have to defend because they mm. expect to be able to score against us. Our defence is shaky. Like Steve said, three away wins the whole season. Southampton are looking at this game like this could be a W here. So I think naturally, sometimes we just have to defend and sometimes the performance is not necessarily up to scratch because number one, we're not that good enough. Number two, the confidence isn't really there. We've lost two games on the bounce. And <clears> yeah, that just that's just the way it goes. I think another thing I've seen with the... With the um, three or five, whatever it is, at the back, our emphasis is not to play through the midfield. So yeah. Arteta's recognised that we don't have the players to do that. Like We're not good enough to play through our midfield. So our three at the back, we almost play... It's, it's kind of like when Emery came in and we were doing the whole wing play stuff. You can see the emphasis is to play via the wings. Like When Bellerin's on the pitch, it's down the left-hand side because we know we're not good enough down the right-hand side. But in the Brighton game, for example, there was Shuffle more game. of a balance. 
um, Sheffield game, sorry, it, there was more of a balance when um, you've got a player like Maitland-Niles, who honestly, I think right wing back is his best position. And me personally, I think he just needs to, if he wants to play, if he if he really wants to play, he just needs to suck it up and just play as a right you know, just to touch on that, it also like, with that, it also opened things up. If you saw in the game a lot, when we were like in possession and building, Willock would kind of go a bit further forward. So he was almost in like a kind of number 10 role, kind of just behind Lacquer. And then um, Maitland-Niles, he, he basically came in. So it was, it was almost like he came into midfield in, um, in like a, in a pivot with Jacka. So he was like more inverted, next to him. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So he'd, like, he'd, like, he'd come up in, into midfield and like help out, help out like he'd either receive the ball or make a pass. And then like Willock would go higher up or, He'd, or he'd like go out wide so we had that option where he, we can like, we have another person in midfield to help out or <coughs> if you want someone who, who went out wide and also helped that link up with Pepe and stuff like that mm. so it opens, it opens things up Jordan um, we've kept you a bit quiet sorry it was not intentional but how did you watch the Arsenal games both of them I did yeah I did what but... was your thoughts on, on the performances um, neither of them were anything great, obviously. Um, but the main takeaway I got from the Sheffield game specifically was they got the ball, obviously, in the back of your net three times, two of them being offside, but they were all from set pieces where it was obviously a long throw or a corner or a free kick or whatever. And that was the worrying thing for me, like how how big you guys looked in defending that. Um, and Do you think I something can be said for the fact that they just have bigger players than us. Do you think that's good enough? No, like they have know. giants no, no. on the pitch. It's not good enough. It was, it was the way you guys were dealing with it. I don't remember. I don't remember specifically who it was trying to, you know, win the challenges. But whether it was a case of, obviously, like you say, they have bigger players. It's not. It's just it, it's position. Or if you've got like, I think that one of them. I think you had like three guys around someone, and and whoever it was still won the ball. And it's just. It's it's it's, just, it's it's the second balls. Know. It's the second balls. Like if somebody's gonna win the flick on, if you're satisfied with the person winning the flick on, the Sheffield United player winning the flick on, you have to deal with the second ball. Like we just kept allowing them to win the first ball, and the second ball we were just like, oh wait, it's, it's landing here, and then they get on the end of it. No anticipation. It's, ridic- it's ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I mean, not not to like create excuses like that, but I do slightly think. The reason why we did struggle like that and why we struggle against teams like that is it is a it is a bit down to personnel because if you look at if you look at our person personnel in terms of defenders, fucking prick. Um sorry. You got you got um you got someone like that. <laughs> what kind of, of road rage is that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Oski is fun. He saw that, he saw he saw, he saw me. He saw me and he saw me. I'm talking like, about wow. personnel and I'm just hearing. <laughs> oh my days, I'm so surprised. But, um, wow. Yeah, you, you've, got, you, you've got Mustafi and that while he's, while, <laughs> while he's surprisingly good in the air and stuff, he, he's that first, first centre-back, he's undersized. Mm. You've got, um, David, I mean, David Luiz, did he play? Yeah, he came, he came off and then and obviously that's when, to be fair, he was part of the, the problem when he, when he was on, but He's, he, I guess he's like he's decent in the air, and then um, uh, Rob Holden. He's not someone who I don't. I, I wouldn't say he's commanding like that in the air. I think if we had like Socrates on, 
I think we would have probably dealt with it a bit better because he's, he's a bit better in the air. But if you look mm. at our centre-backs, we don't really have that one person. We don't really have any of them who, who we can say like, Okay, yeah, they're they're very yeah they're very they're they're good in the air like like Maguire like you know like Maguire like he's like he he's winning everything in the air. Someone like Van Dijk as well. You you know like he's he's with like, Saliba he's, coming he's gonna in. Command his, Saliba what, two, six three six four something like that. So that could help. could help. But he seems more like a ball playing centre. But I think I think Mari could be that guy because he um I can't remember how tall, but he I remember him reading like he he is actually quite tall. So he could be like someone who, who could help us in that. But as much as like like Steve said, we've got to be winning the second balls and stuff like that. I feel like that is a problem we have due to like the personnel of our um, our centre backs. Kids, you were going to say There's something. I'm I'm not too, I'm not too sure if it's about personnel. You know, I, I just I think it might be down to our coaches or how, how, what we do on the train on the training pitch because this is a common theme. Like defending set pieces is not even something new. Under even is this this was happening under Wenger as well. Like we always used to struggle with defending set pieces and defending that. Like, like when we used to play Stoke, for example, yeah, mm-hmm. they were the they were classic at that. They would they would play for set pieces. They would play for throwings. They'll play for corners. They'll play because that was the way they were going to hurt us. And it was a thing that, that used to happen. No, that's got yeah, to be pers- it's got to be personnel though, because like when, that, that's personnel as well. Yeah, yeah but, like, like, then, but then but then you're talking yeah, about tall players. players. You're talking about tall players, but we had Murtasaka that was relatively okay. quite tall. But he but he wasn't he wasn't commanding. Yeah, he was just tall. That's the thing about Murtasaka. That's that's like a misconception kind of like. Yeah, you're tall, but are you good in the air? Like it, yeah. it should come in. It should come hand in hand. But Murtasaka was never really great in the air. Do you remember the days like we'd see United go away to Stoke and like Vidich and Ferdinand would just clear everything out? Cahill and just literally clear it out, head it out, head it out. The back four would come narrow, just literally clear everything out. Who would play at right? Normally play at right. Someone would normally play at right back. Ivanovic would come in at right back all of a sudden. And then they'd get all their tall players in and just deal with it. You got Kalasnish. Like, what the hell were you doing? What is wrong with you? Why do you get round? That's more holding. That's more holding for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Kalasnish. I, I do you know what it is? Harsh. I don't know, know what it harsh, is, but come on. No, do you know what it is? I think I think it was a thing where he expects holding. Like if you're jumping that high, I think he expected holding to. Yeah, holding was just in the air, like yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's realised the ball's coming. He just tried to just do his yeah, panic stations because yeah. his defender sold him out, and I think he yeah. just kicked it against oh, yeah. his player. Yeah, that's that true. But, yeah. but then, like since, but since like the the um, Sol Campbell Tory errors, like when, when was the last time you had we had like a centre back who you could say is like. Commanding like proper always gets yeah okay yeah it's a valid like, point like maybe like maybe Kashani but like he's not Vermalen was Vermalen that type no nah. I don't Vermalen was yeah. more he was he was more he, he was he was all right as well to be fair but he was a bit more of a ball player I think but I don't, I don't think we've had that in a while we have like the best I could probably think of is that Kashani and he was good but like not like consistently like be able to get um, win balls in the air oh, so it's but Oh, sorry, so it's got you off. No, but no, I was just saying, it's, it's a bit of both, to be fair. You, you can't just pull it that solely down to personnel. Yeah, right. I wanted to touch on just a few individuals. So we've got Saka, who I think he's played in every game since we've um, we've been back. He's played a left wing. He's No, has he played left wing? He's played left... Left's he played mid. right wing. He's played left mid, right wing, left centre mid. What can we say about this boy? Like, is... <laughs> What more do can you, you say? Do you know what? Do you, do you know what? Yeah, he's like he's he's um like he he's impressed me. Like I, I think I I was one of the first people that said 
like I like him, but I feel like his future is at fullback, and I still kind of feel like that's where we get the best out of him. But mm. he's shown that he can play in multiple positions, and the limitations that I that I kind of thought he had, I think they might have been a bit more stereotypical. And he's kind of shown that he can. He doesn't have as much of the limitations as I thought he had. So mm. I, I think he's very impressive. But that being said, I can I do kind of I, I, actually I I think he's more like he's just a left sided player. He's just a player where he can like play on left left back, left centre mid. He's eighteen. Wing. He's eighteen years old. That's the thing. He yeah. can actually grow to become and, and he can grow. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. But I Steve, think at know. this point in time, at this point in time, if you used to say put him in his best position, I'd still say left back. If I'm being honest. Fair enough, Steve. What, what's your thoughts on him? We just got to sign him to a long term contract, man. We've got to and paying what he's worth. Like I was saying to you guys the other day, he's contributing like one of our key first team players like he's playing like a first team a key first team player he's a go-to guy he plays every game mm-hmm. paying what he's worth I know it sounds mad to put um, someone so young on like so much money I think his his representatives will be looking elsewhere and be thinking they look at Cho and he was reportedly given 180k they'll be thinking like if he's getting 180k and Saka is contributing how many assists this season double figure in assists 12-13 so, yeah. in all competitions like, got to pay him what he's worth. So, just give him a long-term contract. We can't lose an Arsenal youngster. Like, he's come through the academy. He's 18 years old. We can't lose him to a rival. If it goes like Liverpool, you're like, come on. Come on. Like, what are we doing as a club? So, what's your thoughts on him? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy with him, to be fair. Um... I don't know. I feel like we need to be careful of how much we talk about him and big him up, though, because I think he obviously would hear it as well. And I think, although he's playing very well, he's actually a kid, man, 18. Like, And I'm scared about the contract we're going to give him. I'm very scared because I was speaking to you guys about it. If we give him over 60K at 18, he's got at least three contracts left that in his career that he can get. And then the figures are going to be scary. I know Cho got 100. Has he actually got 108? Is that is that confirmed? That was reported. That was reported. So no, I, I think I think he did. They haven't they haven't they haven't released like we actually don't he, know the number. Pulisic was up there as well. Mad. Pulisic yeah, well, was a big money, but he was a big money signing. So like I can't believe Pulisic. I was I couldn't believe he was actually 21 when I deeped it. You know, yeah, he's, he's actually he's done playing at a very good level yeah, yeah. for 21 year old. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm very happy with Saka. Like, I think he's one of the hot young prospects in the league. But let's just—I just hope he continues, man. That's just—that's just that's just it. I just hope Jay, he continues. Jay Ham, what do you what do you think of Saka as a outsider looking in? Um, I guess I haven't seen enough of him because I, I I've not thought as highly, obviously, as, as Arsenal fans. Well, obviously, his numbers have been good, but whenever I've watched you guys, he's not—he's not done anything that you know certain youngsters. You just see they have a wear on the ball, and you just get that impression yeah. of him of that quality mm. I haven't personally seen it but I guess I haven't watched him close <clears> enough for that because he's obviously he's obviously very good but yeah I haven't yeah. seen enough time I, I, th- I think just to just to say what Jordan said I think it's it's not so much that he's got this that special X factor but he's very he's a very effective player and for such a young age that's that's, that's very impressive hmm uh, lads, due to the Zoom restrictions, I'm just going to do this one, you know, very, very quickly. Um, sell or keep? Lacazette. 
Steel. So, so. <laughs> it's Kate Jordan. Oh, it wouldn't really count with it. What do you think, though? Actually, Go I'd on. say Kate. I'd say Kate. If a Sell. Ozil. Sell. Sell. It's Sell. Jordan. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know how, if you can sell him given his wages. I'd probably say keep. To be honest with you. Wow. Uh, if a Sell. And Ketia. Oh, keep. Keep. Yeah, keep. If a keep. And last, Matteo Guendouzi. Sell. Get rid of him. <laughs> wow. De- de- depending on the fee. So. Stinky player, man. Sell it. Wow, wow. If a. I'm I'm with Gids. I've got to put an asterisk and say. Depending on the price, over forty M's. Straight swap yeah. with Thomas Party. You're not getting a straight swap with Thomas Party. That's a ripper, bro. We'd have to have more peas on that. Hundred percent. I was listening to the Arsenal Vision <laughs> podcast, and um, their host was of the opinion that there's no way that we should do that deal. He was saying. <laughs> yeah. He was saying. He, was saying <laughs> he said, "There's no way we should swap Gunduzi, a young up-and-coming prospect, for someone like Thomas Party who." Did it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't lie. Like we've got. A pref- we've got to preface it with like we like. Obviously, we respect and we like. We we like. A lot of us listen to their podcast, but of course, they, of course, they, of course. They like they they rate Grandusi a lot much higher than I've anyone I've seen. I've, Some people I, I do hear, though. Some like there's a I section know, of I our know, fan base that really do rate him. No, people people rate him, but they rate. I I hear like not. I heard it on the last on their last pod. But I'm, I remember a while back. I, I'm I'm hearing Tony Cruz comparisons, and right, I don't. Let's, can, let's stop it there. Let's stop it. Yes. There. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a big Cruz fan, but I don't see any comparison. I don't see any like similar style and play there. And it's nothing. So, so obviously, as as we do whenever we have a you know a guest of the opposing club or an opposing club, we we like to hear what they have to say. So Jordan, it's been quite a good week for you. You got a Martial hat trick against Sheffield United. Um, the first hat trick we've seen under any manager since um, Sir Alex Ferguson left. I think Robin Van Persie was the last to do that. Um, and then you went on to defeat Norwich City in the FA Cup, taking you into the semi-final alongside Arsenal, Man City, and Chelsea. So, as a Manchester United fan, how are you feeling right now? Um, yeah, I, ha- I was happy. The performance against um, Sheffield. Um, it was kind of frustrating at one point because we got the goal kind of early and we had a, a, like a five-minute spell where we didn't let them have the ball. We just kept it, kept the pressure on and they could, they didn't really do anything. And I thought, usually when you see us and we go ahead, I feel like we always just drop off, invite pressure on. And it, and it was nice because obviously I'd watched City Burnley the night before and City go a goal up. And they don't give you a sniff. They just carry on, carry on, carry on. And that's what I wanted. And we did it for like five minutes. And I was like, this is good. And then completely dropped off. They had the drinks break. Um, I think we scored before the drinks break. But I know after the drinks break, they came out a lot better for the, the rest of the first half. And it, it was frustrating because we had we had all our best. We had the team you want to see on the pitch, bar, like a player. Um, so it was it, we, it was good to see us doing what we were doing. Um but then, yeah, luckily, second half, I don't know what was said to them, but they they sort of kept up that same pace. So once we 
once the second half started and we got the second goal, we didn't really give them a, a real sniff after that. So um, it, it was good to see a performance like that. Like I say, we usually don't play like that. Um, and it's just it just comes down to quality at the end of the day. That was that was the front six, if you include Matic, that we, we that, that we wanted to see because given the players we have in every position, that's our, our best six players pretty much. That's um, Pogba, sorry to interrupt you. That's Pogba, Bruno, Rashford, Martial, Greenwood... Yeah, and then Maich holding. So you can rotate Maich maybe, but he's been good lately. But yeah, um, because of how I think Oli is as a coach, I don't think we're we're good. I don't really think we have a style that can break a team down without quality. So just getting all them guys on the pitch and then see what they can kind of make happen, I think is a a rough kind of way he goes about it. and it, it was just good to see it because we haven't seen them all together. So it was it was it was good. Then you go into a Norwich game and he completely changed everything. And straight away <clears throat> you can see the difference when you drop off that quality. We just um j- just nothing really. We we couldn't make anything happen. And I think that's always been our problem this season against um against teams that aren't gonna come at us. We struggle to make things happen. Um and and yeah, that was just the problem. Obviously, it took all the changes to 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 finally get well, we'd already gone one up, but it wasn't until the other players came on we looked decent again. Um, but yeah, it was, a bit, it was a bit frustrating to go obviously 120 minutes and, and take it so far. And you've got Bruno playing the whole the whole game, and you just sort of worry because if we get an injury to him or Pogba again, I feel like not back to square one because we didn't have Pogba before the break when we was doing okay. But we we dip off so much; it's such a big difference. So it the the main concern for me is this summer buying more players of that kind of quality which I don't think we'll do who do you so, think fits that bill uh, I don't know I don't know because um, we, d- we don't necessarily need another guy of Pogba or Bruno's quality to come in in that position because them two are there mm-hmm. um, so I don't, I don't want to say get someone on the for the bench but you look at someone like City and you look at the midfield options they have on the bench and, and that's the level you need to be aiming for if you want to try compete with them in my opinion obviously like we said about Liverpool earlier they don't have that but generally I'd say you need that because especially for us we seem to pick up injuries quite quite frequently so I think we need that so we've spoken in the group chat about the realistic options from what we're hearing and you hear Grealish being linked and I personally don't think we're actually linked to him but that's where the noise comes from and he he could be the kind of player that wouldn't be crazy expensive who would come in every three games or whatever to give one of the other guys a rest or to come in if one of them gets injured and still do a job. I still, he's not the quality you need, but I don't think we have a lot of money to spend. So I don't think it's realistic to think of much more than that. Yeah. All right. Gids, um, we know you're strapped for time. So do you want to just give us your thoughts on Man United's week, the Martial Hattrick, of course, then progressing in the FA Cup? Um, what's, what's your thoughts um, on that? Before the game, I saw the lineup and I said to myself, 3 0. That was the scoreline I predicted because I thought they've got Matic in there and then they've got the rest of their players. They're going to score goals. I didn't predict a Martial Hattrick, though. I thought his finishing was cold. But on the balance of the performance, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was a good performance, to be fair. I think the quality just showed in the end. Like, Man United had better players on the pitch than Sheffield United did. And they beat them. Literally, they just beat them. I don't think Man United were really under much pressure which to be fair is kind of good because normally with these games especially at Old Trafford sometimes you see that they're in a, there'll be a spell where they're under a bit of pressure but for the balance of the 90 minutes I thought Man United were comfortable really and um, Bruno looked really good Pogba looked very good um, 
Greenwood looked much better on that right hand side. He's a guy that like when he picks up the ball, I think the fullback is 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 scared because you don't know which way he's gonna go. And he does this step over his thing where he could literally take the ball either way and he's both footed. So it's a really good option for them to keep Greenwood on that right hand side until they they strengthen in the summer, I guess. I don't think Daniel James should be playing these games against like a low block at all. They looked much better in the final third. Um Rashford looks off the pace. I'm sorry it has to be said. I don't think he looks good enough as of now at the moment. Um he should have scored. I mean Marshall's captain him as an open goal and he he's fallen over. That's not good enough. Should have scored two. Um, there was what was the other one? Pogba flicked it to him. He should have volleyed it, but he just miskicked. Oh it. yeah, yeah. He just miskicked it. Yeah, he looks off the pace completely. Even against um, Norwich when he came on, looked off the pace. Didn't look good enough. Against Spurs, didn't really look that good. So it's been three games now, and I don't think he's looked good. So obviously, I think he's going to take time to get back into the groove of things. But Martial stepped up, and he showed some ice cold finishing. I mean, the third goal. That's that's Martial though, isn't it? Like when you get to that the position, the whole move, the whole move. Yeah, the whole move, the whole move was sick. But when Martial gets in that position and he looks at the keeper, it more more often than not he he tucks it away nicely. Like when he has time, he doesn't really fumble his finishes. So yeah, I'm, I was happy to see him score a hat trick because I, he's a player that I really do like at Man United. And um, yeah, it was it's just a good performance. I think Man United are doing what they should be doing though. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna praise them too much for smacking up Sheffield United because I, I I genuinely expected that with the talent they had on the pitch when they played Spurs. Um, I expected them to win to be fair, but Spurs is always a team that you could potentially drop points again because they're a top six rival. And Norwich, I expected them to win even though it weren't a great performance. So from the balance of the three games I've seen from Man United, there's not too much data where I'm thinking, wow, this is sick. But they're doing what I expect them to do. Like they they dismantled Sheffield like I predicted them to do before the game. So yeah, they 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 look good. Okay, Effa. Do you want to give us your thoughts on Man United's week? Okay. Um can we do it in the because I'm still Oh, technical difficulties. <laughs> Steve, do you want to take us away, mate? What, what was your thoughts on Man United? No, I was saying to Jay Hump after the Sheffield United game, I said uh, I thoroughly enjoyed their performance. I, from the uh, performances I've seen from United this season, that was probably my favourite. It was... Um, obviously, they didn't have too much to deal with from Sheffield United. They didn't really do much going forward, but in terms of just keeping uh, like sustained pressure, like keeping the ball, probing... Bruno, Bruno does this nice thing where when the ball gets zipped into him from the midfielder, he just does a nice flick into the striker. I really like that. Everything's very quick and intricate in the final third. Um, he's a forward. He's a forward-thinking player. Yeah, yeah. I know. Always, I know. Always looking up. Yeah, I know. There's a like, Obviously, he takes a lot of risks, and a lot of the passes that he does do don't come off. But I like how sharp he is and how quickly he tries to do stuff that aren't very, um, yeah, normal. A ball comes into me, just quite quickly tries to fizz it like across the box and shit like that. I like, I really like stuff like that. Um, but Marshall Rashford, I always, I've always said they play so well together. We've got this general, genuine chemistry. Um, but I expect United to go on and win the majority of their games. I don't think they'll win every game because I don't think that's realistic. I mean, it's the Premier League; anything can happen. But I expect them to make a real push of top four. And I don't see too many defenders that can live with that attacking five because there's just too much going on you've got Pogba that's 
passing and moving. You can play any sort of pass you want. You can strike the ball if you want. You've got Rashford off the left that can strike the ball, running behind Martial. Quick, it's too much. Greenwood, it's too much. So I expect them to win the majority of their game, bar if they hopefully don't have any, any injuries. So yeah, it's, things are looking good. Like Jay Hump said, they need to strengthen in the summer because outside of those guys, you've got Lingard that just can't seem to <laughs> recapture that form. That, yeah, find his form. Got Mata that's on his way out. Adriel Gomez looks like he's leaving. Um, so the attacking options outside of that aren't great. Daniel James, I don't think he's he's great. So yeah, Egalo's on loan as well. I don't think they're going to sign him after this season. So yeah, let's see. Julian, what's your thoughts on um, Liverpool getting Liverpool? Sorry, Manchester United getting top four. Do you reckon you can do it? Um, I don't know. I, I worry um, because last season um, we had we gave us we put ourselves in the position to go get top four. We had that that run when Ollie first came in, and then we just dropped off and, and bottled it a hundred percent. And now, as long as when you look at Leicester's fixtures, you expect them to drop points. And then you look at our fixtures and you say they're all winnable games. So if we don't do it, I almost feel like unless unless we don't do it because Leicester have won every game, I think Chelsea will get top four. I don't think that'll be a problem for them. I think unless Leicester win every game and that's why we don't get it. If Leicester drop points and we don't capitalise, if we lose to like, if we don't beat Brighton or, you know, teams of that ilk, Bournemouth, then... <sighs> You, you've really got a question because that'll be two years in a row we haven't done it so we, we should do it but I, I don't necessarily trust us to do so Are you, are you concerned of, about Wolves? Do you think they're a threat? Um, I, I think um, Chelsea like I say, I think they will get top four so it all comes down to Leicester and to be fair if Leicester do drop points Wolves haven't got a, a bad run well I don't think the run's too bad I, I, I don't see why they couldn't capitalise but we have a better run than them overall, so we should still, well, they shouldn't be a problem. But I, like I said, I don't trust us, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Okay. Wolves have got Arsenal, Sheffield United, um, Everton, Burnley, Palace, Chelsea. So it is quite a tough run. Obviously, yeah, yeah, Arsenal, it depends what Arsenal shows up. They've got Everton, Sheffield United, although Sheffield seems to have lost a bit of form. They've got Chelsea in there on the last day. You know, you never know. You never know. But like, like you said, Jordan, I think based on the fixtures, Manchester United are probably the most favourable out of the teams. Um, yeah, okay. All right. All right, lads. Um, is, is, that, is that all she wrote? You got anything else that we want to kind of touch on? Steve, you're looking a bit, I don't know. What are you looking at over there? Bro, yeah. there's a pigeon in my, in my window. Like, the window's open... And there's like a pigeon on top of the window. Like, I've got to send a picture. It's nuts. <laughs> it's so bad. We're having... Um, <laughs> if that comes else? in, oh my days. Bro, I'm going to lose it. I'm not, touch, I'm not touching a pigeon. That's one thing I want. I'm sorry. Got ourselves a little Dr. Doolittle over here, haven't we? <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we can hear you first. So, do you want to um, just give us your thoughts on United? Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, I didn't watch either of the games, but... Um, Obviously, they're, they're good results. I mean, two wins. And um, it's, show, it's, it's looking like the whole uh, Bruno, Pogba, Martial, Rashford set up his Greenwood set up. It's is looking fruitful and it's looking like it, it's something that could work. So, um, obviously, I think Oli's got to stick to that and find 
continue to find a way to get the best out of them. And to what Jordan said about um, about how City, they've got players off the bench like Gundogan and their quality, I don't necessarily think that United need to do that because that's like, I think I feel like City specifically need to do that because they play quite that intricate football. Whereas like at the moment from what we see from United, I don't think, it's, it's, why, it's why Liverpool don't really have that like they don't, they they don't really need to have that because it's not the kind of football that like, not to like be rude or anything, but it's a bit like you, the football we've seen from United. It's a bit more like direct. It's a bit more players running, player quality. So I feel like someone like Grealish or someone like a Callum Wilson or you just like you just need players who can come in and like deliver. Who could throw like and say like like you said, say for example, someone gets injured, you need that kind of like player who can come in for like three to five games and, and do a job. So I don't feel like you need to go out and get like the best, but I just feel like you just need to get effective prem proven players. So like even like it may sound mad, but even someone like Ryan Fraser on the free. Huh? As some, like, on, nah. like on the bench. Nah. But nah, we'll come just, off the that, bench. That's that's Dan James, isn't it? That's basically Dan James. Look at the profile player. player. He's better no, but than Dan I, dis- James, I disagree Dan though with, with what you said there, Fair. I disagree because can compare us to Liverpool and how they maybe don't have them kind of players, but they've got such a, a different way of playing to us. The way how their fullbacks contribute, the quality they've got with the fullbacks, and then the way the front three play and the way they seem to get the ball to them. We just, for me, it's, it's not a case of trying to replicate how City play. It's a case of we rely on quality so much. So we need players of the same quality as Pogba and Fernandes because if one of them get injured and we don't have that quality to come off the pitch, we lose so much in terms of creativity because we just we don't have a, a another way of playing really. So it's it's like I say, it's not about copying them. It's about having players that can do what we need them to do. And I think you need a certain level of quality to do that. Okay, I, I I do I do get you on that point, but I don't feel like I I I agree with kind of what you're saying, but I think it's just like the level of what I'm saying. Like I, I I don't know. I can't really think of the top of my head right now, but. We don't need. I know if you're saying you need someone who, like with City, if they get someone out like KDB, you need like I don't know, David Silva, yeah, someone who can still pop it about and and do what he does. Um, I don't mean like that. I just mean you need that same quality because you need. You're basically saying you need someone who can come and fill in like fly and still fit the system and keep the system ticking. We just need someone. We can't lose someone with Pogba and take all that creativity out of the team and then have someone like McTominay come in and replace him. With no creative, we still need a, a certain level of a player who can make things happen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, with that being said, I do feel like United should be targeting one of um, Grealish or like Cantwell because I feel like those kind of players do kind of fit the role. Obviously, like maybe their ceilings may be a bit higher, or maybe they might not want to be coming off the bench, but I feel like they could be, especially like. Basically, I've, I think I said this to the other guys. I feel like if the top six teams were smart, they would they should be looking at a lot of these sides that are about that are close to getting relegated because there are some actual there are some teams with actual or actual <laughs> with actual quality who um there's some teams of actual quality who could potentially get relegated like a Bournemouth, um, West Ham. Aston Villa, Norwich, there, there's some players there that can come in that they have that could come in and off the bench for a top six side and, and be quite effective. And it's, it's essentially what, um, isn't that what Liverpool done basically with Stoke when they got relegated, when they got Shakiri? 
Yeah, yeah, twelve. Yeah, so yeah, that's a, a release clause of twelve and a half million. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like us to do that. I'd like us to pinch some of the uh, the players that are going to get relegated, but I don't trust us to do that because we just don't do the obvious thing. So Tyrone yeah. Mings would would see us well. I think someone said yeah. in the chat yeah. the other day. Obviously, I think we said Ake, but um, I think David Ornstein said that um, City are pursuing yeah. him. He's left footed, isn't it? So. <clears throat> But I don't know why they want him as well if they've got they've got Laporte. Back up, surely. Back up, and uh, City just just know what they want, innit? So, so what? So what? Who's going to be there, right? There. So what is it? Who's they play? Was it Laporte and Otamendi or Laporte and Stones? Otamendi's leaving because um, yeah, he's got Stones yeah. is finished. I Where see. is Stones? I completely forgot about him. He's injured. He doesn't play. Even if he wasn't injured, he wouldn't be playing. Like I, he'd play because he'd be forced to. What kind of injuries he got? Have we even seen him this season? I'm sure. I'm sure he played against us. Did he not play? No, he didn't play. I saw a picture of him in training, literally the other day. Oh, okay. But right. like, he just got back in training. Oh. Their defense was like Laporte and Otamendi, and then Fernandinho, and then when Laporte got injured, they were screwed and they were having to rotate. Where is Steve? I know you'll know. Has Stones been injured for the majority of the season, or? No, he's been injured, then come in, then been injured. I don't know what's happening now, That's though. Yeah, he's been in and out. But you don't trust him. They don't, don't trust, trust him. him. Yeah, yeah. They, don't trust him. they yeah. paid fifty million for him at the time. Was a, a record, wasn't it, for um, an English centre back? Yeah. Or was it just a centre back in general? That's mad. I think it was English. Actually, it's probably both. All right, lads. Um, I think it's been a very healthy discussion. Jay Hump, we've appreciated having you on. Let's um. Let's do our customary champ and chump and then we'll call it a day. So, um, Jordan, kick us off, mate. Champ and chump. Champ, I want to give to Traore. Um, just, I just think he's sensational. It's been a while since I've been on the pod and he's, I, I've been speaking to Steve about him a lot. And he, he had a run in the season where he was getting starts and he was playing, you know, majority of the game, 90 minutes. Um, but, Nuno likes to do this thing where he only gives him 15, 20 minutes and he's started doing that again since the season's resumed. Um, I mean, it seems to work because they're getting results, but he's so good, man. He's so good. Every time he plays, he, he just looks unreal. Yeah, and then when, when he came on the other day, when Wolves... Um, who did Wolves play the other day? Who did they beat? Um, Aston Villa. Yeah, he, he came on straight away. There was just a little move where he just he picked up the ball, went past someone, played it out wide to Jimenez crossed it in Johnny laid it off they finished it and scored and just straight away he has an impact every time I just I just think he needs a lot of credit it's interesting because we're obviously linked with Sancho and uh, <clears throat> if we don't get him it feels like a big drop off to say to get someone like Traore or even this might sound mad but even St. Maxim I think he's sick as well yeah. I was literally about to ask you that I think he's sick I love him as well but they're good like it was to go from being linked to someone like Sancho to to their profile might seem different, but I can't say I wouldn't be happy with them. So I think they're sick. Um, and then um, Trump, I, I don't like to do it, but I have to give it to Ollie, man, because of this whole Gomez situation today um, and the, the fact that it, it, it looks like he's going tomorrow, he's going to be gone. I can't blame him in the slightest because the disrespect Ollie's showing him, I do not understand. He um, He's not giving him a chance at all. He doesn't include him in squads. When he does, he don't get on the pitch. And it, it's what he's been saying in his press conferences. It's embarrassing. He's just... It, the other week he said something like, um, he's not sure, but if he doesn't stay all the best or something. And then today he's just like, 
Oh, he's acting like he's not spoken to him. Like, so his representatives are speaking and that's it and he doesn't know and he, he's not fussed. And I think he's, I think he's such a high talent and I, I don't know why he's not been given a chance in the way we're just letting him go and Ollie don't give a crap. It just drives me crazy. So I have to give it to Ollie for that. You think there's something that you don't know? That they know? Uh, bro, I, I, I think personally, I think Ollie um, maybe thinks, you know, for his size right now and the position he wants to play, there, there's better options there. And I think he just thinks if you don't want to be here, even if you're not going to be in squads, if you're not, if you don't want to be at United, then I'm not interested. And I think if you're not good, if you're not of a certain level and you've got that mindset, I haven't got time for you. And I think that's what he's gone for. And I just think it's arrogance on his part. I think he's such a young talent and so much quality. I just, I think that's what it is. And I think Sancho's not accepting that. I think he wants some kind of um, uh, understanding that he is going to get game time. And he's just not being granted it. And you mean Gomez? He's got no Sancho. Option. Sorry, Gomez, yeah. Yeah. Fair play, fair play. Steve, if fair. Um, my champ of the week is Arteta. Um, two away wins in a week. I mean, if we look at the City game and the Brighton game, I, I don't think too many would have predicted that we would come out of the Sheffield and Sheffield United and Southampton games would win. So, um, yeah, two away wins, big for us at the moment. I know this, the bar's low, but that's where we're at at the moment. Um, my champ of the week... Can't think of anything that was, was chumpy. No, I can't. Who should I say? Can you give me some I ideas? Got, I, I got a chump. My chump's going to be Mendy because oh, that game against Chelsea. Yeah, Mendy's, Mendy's making that, me that sick. That game against Chelsea was pathetic, man. Newcastle as well is making yeah, me sick. Bro, to, be fair, to be fair, I mean, I'm not excusing it, but that, that, that um, mistake against Chelsea, I don't know what go um what Gundogan was doing man he was just stood there pointing out to the left like he's just pointing to the, the far left corner as if just Mendy was facing the opposite he's commu- way he's communicating with him though you can hear him bro, shout I, him something. yeah but bro what is he pointing at and I don't know what he wants Mendy to do Mendy's literally looking this like looking forwards Gundogan's pointing completely in the opposite direction no one's there I don't know what he wants him to do and there's just confusion between the two of them and then obviously after that Mendy messes up but I don't know what Gundogan was doing man um, my champ, my champ of the week goes to um, close to Jurgen Klopp for obviously securing the ti- um, Premier League title. I think I saw um, it was I saw a snippet from his first interview, and he said that in four years, like I believe we'll have at least one trophy or something like that. And he's got the two biggest trophies you can get in club football. So congrats to him. And then um, <clears throat> my champ of the week goes to Paul Merson. And I'm I'm sorry, but I, I don't know the rest of the guys' names. Oh, the KDB thing. There's guys on them. Phil Thompson, Charlie yeah. Nicholas, Jeff Stelling. Yeah. Like to be fair, yeah. To be fair, like Jeff Stelling wasn't he wasn't really involved in it, but no, he paints a narrative with how he asked these questions. He knew what he was doing. He's he's part yeah. of them. He's, he's yeah. Okay, so he's part of them. So yeah, like obviously, um, we saw a throwback from when City had just signed KDB, and the way they were talking about it, there was like. Oh, we can't understand why City have paid fifty mil for him. He was in Chelsea. He was at Chelsea. He he didn't live up to it. He played with top. He played with the top players there. He had, like he wasn't good enough. I they just don't understand. Work. But obviously, like all of us, we may have not been watching Wolfsburg like extensively, but we were seeing what he was doing that season, and like we saw clips and everything like that. So like. Obviously, it was still like a risk, but you could see why they'd spent that. Like they, I don't think anyone at that time when. City bought him were thinking what have they done like yeah. did he win Bundesliga player of the year or am I yeah. crap 
yeah, yeah. I think he did, yeah. And he had like he some. How much, he broke the assist record as well. From yeah, what, yeah. From what he was doing, how much do you want to pay for him? Like, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Did that to be fair, even even for those times, when when they're buying what twenty sixteen. Mm, like 2015. Yeah, 2015. 2015. Yeah. 60 mil was even light because that's that's not even. I mean, sorry, not 60. 50 mil because that's that's that was that's not even breaking the transfer record. Like yeah. you saw Real Madrid pay someone like 60 something for for Yames in like a year before 2014, and that was just off a World Cup, pretty much. And right? that was yeah. just off a, a World Cup. I don't know if Pogba had been bought by that time, but like um, had Pogba been bought at that time? No, he was the next. No. The next summer, but yeah, but like obviously you got you had you'd seen Ronaldo and Bell go for ridiculous fees as well. So like it just like fifty mil did like I don't know to me, maybe it's because of now, but it just doesn't seem like it as much. So they can. Uh, I was um I was gonna give it to the Liverpool organization, but if I kind of already did that, so I've got um Thomas Muller here. He set um a new single season Bundesliga assist record on match day thirty when he took his. Tally to 20 in his side's win to buy Leverkusen. Wait, who's um, that? Thomas Muller. Thomas Muller beat Kevin De Bruyne's previous record of assists, 20 assists. That's crazy considering they play 34 games. Um, yeah, and I already gave my, my champ of the week, which was Mendy, because he just disgraced himself, basically. So, yeah, man, that's with that. Who's the second best left back in the league? <laughs> Bro, you know what I hate, yeah? I hate one-footed players. It's like my biggest thing. And people talk about Luke Chilwell. But, Luke well, yeah, Luke Shaw is the, <laughs> Luke the main But so people talk about Chilwell, man. I can't stand players where you can see they're so reliant on the weak foot. So people like Chilwell, I can't like... Wait, is that who came into your mind? No, but I know he's up there with left-backs in, in the Premier League. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the Premier Sorry, not in the world. No, Premier No, no. It's Robbo. Yeah. Robert, Robert's no, second. Second, second best. Yeah, yeah, Robert's the second because Kieran's the only second. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, lads, that's um, hashtag the weekly canon. We are the weekly canon on Twitter, um, yeah, TWC football on Instagram, the weekly canon on YouTube. And yeah, Jay Hump, thank you again for coming on. And no, guys. We'll see you next week. Love.